Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Yes. 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 Pro. Affirmative. Correct. Pro movies. Hey, everybody. Audible nod. Mm. Hello, everyone. My, <laughs> my name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched... Joe versus the volcano. Mm. Whoever wins, we lose. Whoever wins, we also win. Yeah, this is true. It's a title fight of the century. Once upon a time, in the middle of a deep, dark factory, an average Joe, Joe Banks, lived a very boring life. Good morning, Dee. Hi, Joe. What's with the shoe? Losing my soul. Yeah. Until one day, he found out his life was over. I'm not sick except for this terminal disease. That's right. You have some time left, Mr. Banks. Live it well. It's the, rest, it's the, it's the WrestleMania 3 of, uh, of volcano conflicts. Sure. They should have... Uh... What what's what's Pierce Brosnan's name in Dante's Peak? I don't know Pierce Brosnan. Okay, they should have called that fucking Pierce versus the volcano. Mr. Dante should all be should all be versus. I don't know. Every volcano movie should be idea. versus the volcano. Like volcano should be Tommy Lee Jones versus Tommy the Lee volcano. Jones versus the vo- volcano. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, a uh, big thank you to Vincent, our Patreon producer. Yeah. Who. Uh, uh, <laughs> If you noticed recently, uh, had us watch Crimson Tide. Turns out he didn't. Vincent he absolutely didn't. didn't. We, we, we made a mistake. Uh, so we just yeah. made that Crimson Tide episode for no one in for particular. No, for us, yeah, really. No that was for you and me, Dave. Yeah. Listen, no, Crimson Vincent Tide us- is a movie we would have watched together eventually anyway. So I'm glad we did it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Vincent <laughs> gave us a list of movies to choose from. Vincent, uh, Crimson Tide is not on that list. I, I like that uh, you somehow like dyslexia did in there something like some sort like your no, brain what, inserted the title was, into that list we've had other people give us lists to choose from mm-hmm. and i think one of their lists came over into his list is what happened uh it, so it was never on the list joe versus volcano is on the list though so that's good i double checked go ahead and triple check okay hold on, hold on. <laughs> checking We're checking his list joe versus checking volcano yeah, it's right there. Listen, we've already watched it, so uh, yeah. this episode is gonna happen anyway. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. This is uh, I I I hadn't seen this since I was a kid. Same. Uh, my my dad took me to the theater to see this movie. Rice, do you know? Did you look up the director, Tom? I did. Uh, I didn't need to. I recognized his name. <laughs> okay, because he's only done. One other film after this. Well, uh, sorry, he's done three films, but after this film, he did he did one other film, which was 2008's Doubt. Yep, 
He's the, uh, he is the writer, writer director. director of Doubt. He also wrote Congo. Yeah. What uh what what is this guy? He's a playwright. Why is he such a hero? Oh, okay. It's just so funny that he made two movies in the span of like a dec or uh, 20 years and it was Joe versus Vol- Volcano and then Doubt. And they have like, more they have more wow. in common than you might. Like I yeah, it's it's a real whiplash in terms of tone, but like when you watch this movie, you can kind of feel that it was written by somebody who's a playwright yeah um, that and like makes it, sense. And, and doubt i believe was written for the stage initially um oh yeah 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 so you, you can kind of that hear it can, it's it, the dialogue is uh, the dialogue is structured in a specific way and sort of like the way characters the, the way a scene plays out in a, in a location will will be structured a certain way so it's like i could see a version of joe versus volcano as a stage production i guess is what i'm yeah. trying to say i i could see that too because um you could argue there's there's actually like minimal locations mm-hmm. uh in a way that would work uh you'd obviously it wouldn't be quite the same but it it, it could yeah it, you could do it you could do it uh it would be kind of fun it could this is be of done. course starring um thomas hanks and megan ryan uh meg ryan in this is like is it megan or the... margaret dave what is it megan or margaret isn't isn't for... isn't meg typically short for margaret oh i don't know i'm not gonna look that up okay that's fair <laughs> yeah why would i why why on earth would you we didn't we didn't double yeah. check crimson tide so we're not looking up meg ryan's name yeah city of angels meg ryan uh and she is the mike myers of this movie she is she plays three different characters and she plays them very well she's having a she's lot killing of fun it. she's having a great time in this movie she's, she kind of steals the show for me i feel like this is one of the more notable things about this movie is is her in it because i don't yeah. think she really got another opportunity to do this and by yeah. that i mean one like i'll say the the primary character she plays is like a typical meg ryan romantic comedy character in as much as you can be a typical character in this film this movie does not take place in reality we'll get to that in a second yeah we'll get to that um it's a very deliberately intentionally surreal movie um but the two other characters she plays are very much like characters. Like she's really yeah. getting to Mike Myers it up. Um, and I don't think she really ever incredible. got to do that ever again. Yeah, this the sister, the way she speaks. She has yeah. one line. What is she it? She calls it's, herself a flibber gibbet. A, 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 um, a flibbit a gibbet, yeah. A flibbit a gibbet. That's but, it. It's, when they're initially driving, he says something. I wish I, I should have written it down, but the way she said it, she's like, she says something like, oh, really? And it's like yeah. this really incredibly it's like she has no funny ha- voice right it's like she has no control over her voice yeah, at any amazing. given moment <laughs> yeah she's she's doing a great job yeah she's getting so this a, is, um, and, and then uh, the other character she plays is kind of like i don't know she's doing like a harley quinn voice it's uh yeah she's having fun she really is and we're having fun watching her this is a good movie i really liked this movie yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't remember I much knew. about it from when i first saw it as a kid Right. I remembered um, the shot of the moon specifically, and I remembered him playing golf. I remembered the part where he's lost at sea, basically. Yeah. I didn't remember much else. Yeah. I didn't know how it was going to end. I forgot how it had begun. Uh, I knew the general idea with that it was a, about a man who is told he's going to die and decides to jump into a volcano. I didn't know why he was getting in that volcano. I suspected it was because Lloyd Bridges shows up like Willy Wonka and... He sure does. He really wonkers all over this goddamn movie. Yeah. It's because he paid Robert Stack 
<laughs> to yeah. tell him he's dying. He had brain fog. Yeah. So, so the basic premise I, of the movie is, is Tom Hanks is a guy who works a dead end job in a very Brazil. I was about to say he works in a Terry Gilliam film. He works in a Terry Gilliam film. Yeah. This movie starts yeah. out. It's Brazil. Like, and that's yes, kind and of that's like, not. The, go ahead. Oh, it's what's interesting about this film is the visual, the visual tone of it changes constantly. Uh, so like when this first started, I was like, I don't remember the movie looking like this. And it doesn't for the rest of the movie. Yeah. It's, uh, he's, he's like at a dead end job in this Brazil like place where the bureaucracy is just absurd, uh, intentionally absurd. Yeah. Um, he goes to the doctor, Robert Stack finds out that he's got incurable brain fog. That's going to kill him in six months. Right. It should be noted that in the tone of this film, I accepted brain fog. Because it was like the tone is I it think was that's already intentional. so weird. Yeah, it's the movie. Oh, it is absolutely. The, the movie is so strange. Like it's we mentioned, it doesn't take place in reality. It's very surreal. It's it's a it's a basically a fable. I want to say I yeah. might not be using that quite correctly, but well, it feels like one. though. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 very storybook logic and like and and also it's just so like people behave in a way that's like not realistic but it makes sense in like a fairy tale um so when we yeah when we first hear brain fog it's not ridiculous within the context of the film it's only at the end of the movie when he tells it to meg ryan and she's like fucking brain fog yeah you didn't get a second opinion on brain fog so good yeah um so yeah he he finds out he's got six months to live so he goes he quits his job um his, and I, I can't stress enough his job that all those scenes he looks he looks like he's dying in that job yeah they they go so like when he first goes into work and he uh he's ruining his shoe and he literally says i'm losing my soul about yep. the shoe yep uh and at one point he literally like waves at god like he's a sim like he's just like so miserable yep uh and it's so they made it as soul crushing as possible yeah uh, he works in a bleak fluorescent basement his hair is yeah. long and stringy he's really pale like he they, they really and he just looks miserable it's miserable yeah it's miserable and his his boss is dan hedaya just dan he sure is. out he is the most dan hedaya he's ever been yeah <laughs> Uh, and one, the first version of Meg Ryan works with him at the office. Um, yes. So he quits his job, um, goes, uh, finally asks this version of Meg Ryan, who I, f- I forget which, what this version's name is. Uh, it was like Mimi or something. Dee Dee. It was Dee Dee. Dee Dee. Okay. Yeah. So Dee Dee, uh, he takes Dee Dee out. They have a great time. Um, they go back to his place. They're about to have sex, but he tells her, Hey, I'm dying and she's not okay with it. So she leaves. Yeah, um, understandable. Yeah. And I do respect that. Like they have him like he he has three potential romantic encounters with Meg Ryan. And each time before anything romantic's about to happen, he lets them know, hey, I'm dying. Because it's not yeah. something you spring on somebody after you have sex. No. Um. So, so I, anyway, I just appreciated that. <laughs> like, yeah. No, what you do is you say it during sex. Yeah. You whisper it into their ears. You say, uh, I have a disease. I'm dying. Yeah. Don't get attached to me because I'm going to be dead in six <laughs> months. <laughs> I'm uh, now making this your problem. Um, <laughs> so uh, the next morning, Lloyd Bridges, Willy Wonka's his way into Tom Hanks's house. He's like, hey, I, I forget how he he heard about he his a, problem. 
he says i heard about it from the doctor right it's he, has a, a d- he has a duck cane he's he's really he's really magical yeah uh and he's, uh, he's like the yeah, music says, man almost yeah he says the doctor is also like my doctor what we learned again spoilers is that uh that doctor doesn't see anybody else but Lloyd Bridges. So you realize like, oh, he made the doctor do this. Yeah. But yeah, paid, so Lloyd he Bridges. He paid Robert Stack to tell Tom Hanks he was dying. <laughs> That's yeah. what we find out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, Lloyd Bridges shows up. He's like, hey, I heard you're dying. Uh, Why not make your last moments on this earth an adventure? There's this island. It's a fictional island, but it's also based in reality i think we just did a some more news about this where he's talking about like he has like a big stake in superconductors and right. there's this metal that they can only get from one island uh in this in the pacific which is a fictional island but i isn't this i think the superconductor thing is like a real thing right don't china and well, america both get conductors yeah, from the same there's yeah there's issues when it comes to like superconductor the supplies and stuff there's a supply shortage right now that's why nobody could get a goddamn ps5 mm-hmm. i don't know where the the actual material comes from i just know that it's really hard to make superconductors yeah and it's i i felt like it's like i don't know i'm, I'm gonna say it wrong so i'm not gonna uh, attempt it but my brain did yeah. go like oh that's like a problem that we're dealing with today yeah it is <laughs> so uh anyway so he's like so they have this this metal that i need to make my superconductors but uh according to their uh beliefs their volcano is this god who needs to be appeased once every hundred years and we're coming up on a hundred years and uh if they don't get appeased the island is gonna sink um so i need you to go down there and jump into the volcano you make these people happy you make me happy because i get the metal that i need and you get to have a cool fun adventure like i'm gonna give you uh, he he like lays out five different gold credit cards that he has and he basically gives tom tom hanks like carte blanche to go through new york spend as much money as he wants on whatever he wants to prepare for his trip he's going to fly him out to los angeles he's going to put him on a boat uh and he's going to sail him to this island he's going to live like a king uh for the rest of his life and all he has to do is jump into a volcano so tom hanks is like yeah sure as like I think a lot of us might have made the same yeah. choice. He as of he doesn't have to think about it much, and he's just like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, because it's like you know he's 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 got six months to live. He doesn't have any friends or family really. Uh, it, it, yeah, he doesn't have much money, so it's like yeah, yeah sure, I'll do this. Why not? <laughs> um. So yeah, he gets out to Los Angeles. We meet the second version of Meg Ryan, who is one of Lloyd Bridges' uh, daughters. Um, I forget which what what this version's name is as well yeah um but she's very uh like a very stereotypical la artist type yes uh it feels like lloyd bridges is like also maybe you might fuck one of my daughters because he has both of his daughters uh escort him yeah i think Uh, that's probably more the fairy tale aspect of it yeah than like a deliberate move on because tom hanks we haven't really explained it but the reason Meg Ryan plays three different characters in this movie um, is well one he makes mention like uh, a couple of times uh, when he's like when he first talks to Dee Dee and then when he talks to final form Meg Ryan at the end he's like I've ever you know I feel like I've met the first time I met you I feel like I met you before so it's like right. this, the, the movie's like about being too afraid of life to live so the yes. fact that she's playing three different characters is like sort of like he's too afraid to take the chance the first two times and then he finally yeah decides to take the chance with final she, form meg ryan and it works out yeah she represents the woman of his dreams exactly. essentially yeah. yes 
And the realization is that that's not a specific woman. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more that she represents the chances he's not taking. Yeah. 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 That's a good way. Uh, But the, in the form of the woman of his dreams. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, he, he gets, she, she takes him out on the town, um, shows him some stuff. They go out to like, what is very obviously like a lover's lane makeout site, uh, above the city. Um, and she reads him a poem. That's not a bad poem. No. It's like, it's a single line. Um, and it really isn't really is not a bad poem. Uh, but she gets very upset when he doesn't quite respond to it the way that she a- a- anticipated, I guess. He's not rude about it. She just gets upset. Uh, so the night goes bad. She takes him to the hotel. Um, the next morning he gets up, gets driven around by Ozzy Davis. <laughs> who, and they have a fun little uh, buddy segment. Oh, no, you're thinking in reverse. Oh, reverse. He does that in New York. Oh, right. right? He does, that's right. He does that before he leaves. He gets a That's trip where with, he gets his luggage yeah. with the most intense luggage salesman known to man. Yeah, he buys his luggage, which turns out to be uh, a pivotal part of the film. He buys all these right. uh, watertight steamer trunks that end up becoming a raft for him. But he buys them. It's like the, the luggage place is like a cathedral. Anyway, yeah. he has like a fun thing with Ozzie Davis, who's driving around town uh, to different places. And then he gets to L.A. He gets driven around by Meg Ryan a little bit. Uh, and then the next morning he gets on the boat with Final Form Meg Ryan, who's like the closest to an actual person that Meg Ryan plays in this film. For sure. And she's just somebody who's like resents the fact that she... Is is uh, essentially controlled by her dad, like yes. she she agreed to to sail Tom Hanks to this island um, because her dad promised her the boat, and we learn that like she's kind of mean to Tom Hanks at first, and that's why like she says like I found out there's a I have a price, and now I know what my price is. It's that I did something I didn't want to do for my dad because he said he'd give me a boat. Right. Um, they have an adventure on the sea. The boat sinks with uh, Amanda <laughs> with Plummer Amanda inside. Plummer. <laughs> Who has barely any lines? Yeah. Amanda Plummer, what are you doing? She's in the movie for like two scenes and then goes yeah. down with the ship. I at that point I was like, well, that's gotta be the most shocking cameo in this. I was wrong. Yes. And so we'll get to that. They're marooned on the ocean for a little bit. He lashes together his four expensive waterproof steamer trunks into a makeshift raft. Uh Meg Ryan is was knocked out during the sinking of the boat, so He's keeping her underneath an umbrella and giving her all the water because he thinks he's going to die. Right. So he gets like delirious from sunstroke and has like a communion with God where he like talks to the moon in the middle of the ocean. And it's like a major thematic point of the movie. But he basically says uh, the line, which is a really good line. Um, he's like, uh, thank you, God, for my life. I forgot how big as he's looking right. at the moon. Fucking incredible line. Yeah, he forgot he was in big. Yeah, he forgot he was in big. The motion picture yeah. big. Man, I forgot. Yeah. I almost got, I almost won an Oscar for that movie. Yeah. Um, so they finally wash up on the island. It's, they, I mean, it's a little <laughs> bit racist, but I did appreciate that they did the work to explain that this fictitious island was made by like a Jewish guy and like a soda salesman like 60 right. years ago. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, like the, it's, it's one like, of those moments where you're watching and I'm like, yeah, this feels racist but i'm not exactly sure how to articulate that right it's it's a similar <laughs> gag to like in in blazing saddles where mel brooks had yeah. all the native americans speaking yiddish like it's yeah which is a very funny gag it's just it's uh, a similar gag so like the 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 sort of shaman he meets is 100 percent nathan lane 
Yeah. That was a shocker. Yeah. A shocker. And I thought that was going to be the sh- most shocking oh, no. cameo. <laughs> the chief of the village is Abe Vagoda. <laughs> yes, he sure is. It was like, okay. All right, we're doing something absolutely unhinged, right? Here. Like, and they're all obsessed with like the the their their culture is obsessed with orange soda. It's it's like I said, it's like it could. I guess the best thing you can say about it is it could have been more racist. So at yeah. least they did the work to make it like a fictitious people at a fictitious island, and it's just silly. right. Um, it's the it's the seeing white people in tribal makeup. It's just yeah, like that's yeah. Where you're like, <laughs> but they they work in a plot for why they're doing it, right? Uh, so it's like okay, I mean they're aware. It what it what it amounts to is that they're aware that it's like this is inappropriate. Obviously, it's the '90s, so they don't they probably don't realize how inappropriate. Uh, but they realize they they know what we're seeing is inappropriate. Yeah, uh, and the island sinks at the end, so I think they also didn't want to doom a bunch of like real people, so they made it a fictitious, a fictitious island, yeah. and you know, yeah, anyway. they all die. That tribe dies. Yes, they sure do. Um, yeah. so, a pagoda has a very funny line too. Where they're, he's explaining to him how like the ceremony is going to go. He basically just says, "Okay, so we're going to have a meal. Uh, you're going to say some words, and you're going to clamp to the volcano and jump in." Okay. And that's like yeah. exactly how he delivers yeah. it. That's <laughs> real good. It's very funny. So they have their 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 big dinner and their ceremony, and Tom Hanks is like, "All right, fuck it, let's do it." He walks up to the volcano. Meg Ryan is begging with him not to go, uh, and then decides to just jump jump in with him. Like, well, not begging. She tries to convince him not to jump in. He's like, "Well, no, I have to do this. I've been afraid my whole life. Um, I have the chance to be courageous now. I'm going to jump in." Right. So she's like, fine, I'm going to jump in with you. I'm going to be courageous. So they jump in together, and right as they jump in, a steam, a pocket of steam erupts and shoots them out of the volcano and uh, into the ocean safely. And then the entire island sinks. Yep. His luggage reappears. Oh, right. Right before they jump in the volcano, she she's like, well, let's, uh, in the spirit of being courageous, she's like, I love you. He's like, I love you too. They have the, they have oh, yeah, Chief Abe go to marry them, and then they get spat yeah. out in the ocean. So yeah. They have a moment uh, where the the luggage comes back together. Tom Hanks lashes it together. Uh, they sit on the the luggage. Meg Ryan's like, uh, "Hey, we didn't die." And he's like, "Yeah, I guess I should have." He explains his brain fog thing, and that's when she tells him it's fucking stupid. Yeah, that he should get a it's, second opinion because that's not it's a, not a real thing. Yeah, it's well done because she knows her father. So when he says the doctor's name, she's. It's, does it, it makes perfect sense for her to be like, oh, I, kn- I know that doctor. He only treats my father. Uh, so, like, yeah, that they lied to you. Yeah. Also, brain fog. That's not a thing, That's not right? a real thing, like- yeah. They, my dad paid this doctor to tell you you were dying so that you would jump into this volcano so that he could get the metal he needs to make his superconductors. Right. That is what happened to you. Yeah. Um, and it, it, they, they, they share, like, a romantical moment. And that's it. That's the movie. That's the movie. That's they the die movie. at sea. Presumably. They die at sea, presumably. No, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Who well, knows? he has he has a moment where well, they say and they lived happily ever after on the text at the end. That's that's true. part of why it's a fairy tale. It is bookended by like once upon a time stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, shit. What was I gonna say? There's a moment at the end where Tom Hanks is like, still, we're in trouble, uh, and he kind of has to shake it off, and she has to tell him to shake it off of like. Mm-hmm. It's again, it's like, stop worrying. Stop being so afraid. Yeah. Like that's yeah. ultimately, I would say he's being practical, but I get at this point, point he is, but yeah, like the, the movie is about being too afraid of life to live. 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's and that it's reflected visually, I would say, because the movie just gets brighter and brighter. And the, you know, like the first warmly lit scene is, I think, his date with the woman from work mm-hmm. when he gets fired or sorry, he quits. He quits spectacularly. Like the lighting. Cha- I think I feel like the lighting actually changes as he's quitting, but that, I could be wrong. But anyway, maybe yeah. actually I, I, I noted a shot. So he quits because um, he's realizes that. And at this point, he doesn't have any prospects. He has just been told you're going to die, die in, in six, six months. months. So he's like, it's the first time he's been free in his entire life. And it takes like, yes, it takes the threat of death. The fact that this is all going to end for him to truly let go of the stuff that doesn't matter right. as it's, much. It's and the, yeah, it's because we all work for the long term because we have to. Yeah, we have and to. We, we're, and uh, people get trapped in these situations. But in their mind, there's like, what am I going to do? You know, live on the streets my whole life. And so, like, the the realization of, like, well, your life ends in five months, uh, yeah, frees him. And the, the moment that I think of that's, uh, you know, means a lot is he quits the job and then they show him walking out. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's before he quits the job. He goes to the doctor, is told he's going to die, and they, they have him walk out of the doctor's office. And it's this shot of the door against a brick wall, a red brick wall. And he stands there and an old woman walking her dog walks up and he just like wordlessly crouches down and pets the dog and then hugs the dog and then hugs the old woman. Mm -hmm. And as that's happening, it's slowly zooming out to open up the world essentially to him. And it's this, it's, uh, you know, kind of a very profound moment Mm -hmm. uh, or it's meant to be in the film of this, this person realizing that everything or that nothing matters in this moment and just enjoying a dog and then hugging a woman yeah, a stranger another, woman on the street yeah another human just, being yeah just yeah yeah and it's very you know um it's a little i don't know american beauty-ish a little bit in, the, in a little the bit. way i would say a better version of th- that movie much more responsible version for sure yeah He's not trying to fuck his daughter's friend in this movie at that any is, point. Boy, that's an embarrassing movie in 2022. Yeah. yeah, it was an embarrassing movie then. We just didn't realize it. We just didn't it realize at it at the time, yeah. Yeah. And and so uh this like to me this takes that kind of idea and uh I don't know, re uh, tells it better, tells it way better. It's it's like a really it's a pure a more pure more joyful version of that i of that idea this is a familiar story right like the idea that it's the nothing matters it's the nihilism yeah you need to start living because the the world is truly so big and we yeah. we were sort of trained by necessity and just by the way the world works to shrink your life down as small as possible so you can manage it and it's like you are cheating yourself out of your life and that's right. a familiar idea, but this does it in a very, uh, like we keep saying, fairy tale. It's more. Uh, yeah, I would say yeah. the part, the part this lesson, lesson, not struggles. The 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 problem with this lesson, as it pertains to this story, is that much like real life, in order for him to explore the world, he needs a lot of. He money. needs a lot of money. <laughs> he needs a. Uh, benefactor who arrives yeah. in the form of Lloyd Bridges and then of course he becomes romantically involved with Meg Ryan who is Lloyd Bridges' daughter who exactly. also presumably has unlimited resources so yeah, yeah. still like so at, at the end when he's like I'm gonna live it's like yeah 
I mean, you're also going to be rich, and that helps yeah. a lot. But yeah, you can't. I, I get it. You know, it's. But, uh, but also, there is value in having money. that realization. Yeah, of course, there's value in money. But there's value in having <laughs> that realization. You know what I mean? Like, there's everybody. Yeah will experience a life event like this that sort of well, snaps you out of yeah oh i the need reason, to switch my priorities up a little bit yeah the reason i think it works okay is because that moment happens before the offer when he meets the or not meets but goes out on a date with the woman from work yeah that's when the life the world starts opening up yeah and that's when things are better when he's enjoying life so you could argue he's he doesn't need this money but it plays a big part specifically his luggage his luggage and that represents all of his mat like material world possessions mm -hmm. uh keeps saving him and he has to float on it and, it and he has to rely on his luggage i i i i certain that means a lot in terms of the meaning the overall meaning of this film you could say the luggage just represents like you know emotional personal luggage i guess maybe but, like, he it buys plays it on a, big a whim part. yeah and it keeps coming back to save him mm -hmm. uh and it yeah it represents all the stuff that he bought as a rich person which is i don't know interesting interesting yeah, yeah. uh it's 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 such a weird film that i don't it like, is i don't know it is, why this i didn't look up it's charmingly weird that's all i was gonna say yeah. it's it's weird in the best possible way for me I'm curious how much this cost because it's not a, not a cheap film. No, but it doesn't look uh, that expensive either. No, no, it doesn't. I wonder how much it made. Uh, and it's just it's one of those films that I feel like part of me feels like you can't make this movie like this these days, but also like you can. You can make everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you can make movies with this message that are just as weird, if not weirder. It's just the idea of having this much adventure it's such a weird tone because it's a comedy for sure mm -hmm. but it it's not that funny <laughs> like they there's there's they don't go for laughs nearly as much as you'd imagine you know it's mostly uh, it's more light than actually yeah, comedic quirky. yeah it's like a wes anderson film like it's it's more cheerful wes anderson film but yeah yes yeah and it, d it doesn't necessarily look like one but it has not that at all reality. not at all it's a it's a heightened reality but not in the way that wes wes anderson does it no this no, is more like uh little shop of horrors yeah for sure oh that's a film i watched that recently yeah you did uh, <laughs> yeah but little shop of horrors compared to this Little Shop of Horrors has more reason to be what it is because it's like sci-fi and it's a musical. Where whereas this is like, I almost want to compare it to, I don't know, I, I haven't watched it in a while, but like Earth Girls Are Easy, if I remember that movie. Although that's also a like, sci-fi. Like what am I saying? Is, I feel like this is closer to Babe. If you're gonna go for, if we're trying to like yeah. pin down its tone, like it's it's very much like a storybook. Yeah, it is, and it just, uh, I just wonder how I I didn't look up how well this movie did or if people. Uh, liked it when it came out because it seems like not maybe it is the tone of the time because we just mentioned big as well like big there, still there were, big still kind of takes place in the real world though like this is a yeah. very specific tone that the first I, part I think is, might have been more common I, at the time but it certainly wasn't like the most popular tone yeah the first the first part when he's working at the factory before it's it's dismal uh and it's and it's like uh like I had a note where I was like, if this is going to be the tone of the whole film, this is going to be a real fucking it's, bummer. Oof, yeah, it's 
that is interesting. Like it immediately starts off almost repellent. Yeah. It's a repellent beginning because it's just they pick the most depressing looking environment. Obviously, that's the point. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's like hard. It's hard at first. Uh, what do you think? Does the volcano just generally represent despair? I think. Or nihilism because it's Joe versus the volcano. I think it's and- I think it's the unknown. Uh, I, I think it's an element yeah. of all those things. I think it's uncertainty um because they they jump because right before they jump in like they meg ryan sort of says well we'll just jump and we'll just see what happens we'll hope for we'll she's she basically says i'm paraphrasing but she's like that's kind of all life is we jump and hope hope it works out you're right uncertainty i was gonna say oblivion but it it is it's kind of both it's the it's and that's the whole point is like just taking that leap of faith Mm -hmm. and yeah you're right is like you can't really interpret this movie as a literal story because no. of stuff of like the message it would say then about like wealth, um, you know, is like, uh, that's not really the point of the film. No. And I think that was more about, I mean, uh, even, even though that's obviously it's impossible not to read that because it's literally his possessions, his luggage. Um, right. But what resonated with, with me more about that was the fact that he bought four of them on a whim just because they, yeah. they gave him the money and the money didn't matter to him. Like price didn't matter to him. He's like, well, it, right. none of this matters. It's not my money and I'm going to be dead in a week anyway. So fuck it. Let's get four of them. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's weird yeah. how the world, how weirdly the world opens up for him. Like yeah. when he gets the limo driver, the limo driver is like extremely wise. Uh, and like, they have this great moment at the beginning where he's like, where do you want to go? And he's like, I don't know. I, I should go shopping. And he's like, where do you want to shop? And he's like, I don't know. Uh, and, and then finally the limo driver just pulls over and he's just like, you need to like basically be your own man. Yeah, like I can't do if, this for you. He's like, it sounds like you don't know who you are. He's like, listen, I it took me, I think he says like the better part of like six decades to figure out who I am and I'm tired. I, I'm not, yeah. I am not going to figure that out for you too. So I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the part of his world opening up, right? Like he's lived in New York his entire life, but he's never, he has no idea where to go in New York city. Like, exactly uh, you know um, and new york suddenly becomes like the, it, that's that that was what was interesting visually is that uh it again very much starts as a gilliam film and then the first scene where there's color is he goes out on a date mm-hmm. and then when they leave that restaurant it's the first time it looks like the real world uh and then slowly that world opens up we get we get big shots of the city uh and then he starts driving around the city and he starts actually enjoying the city but at the same time they're showing that he's lonely too that he's he has all this stuff but it's not doing anything for him and i think that's sort of the point of the money yeah he's finding what ultimately it's about finding someone else as opposed to having all this stuff exactly like he spends he has fun like he goes yeah he has fun like getting access to all these places these high-end shops and restaurants and hotels that were closed off to him but he's there by himself. Like they show him having a drink at a at a very nice bar uh, where there's a band playing, and I, it's not the plaza. He ends up going somewhere else. Like he says, the plaza just knee jerk because it's the only hotel he knows. He's the only nice hotel he knows. And Ozzy Davis is think- like, nah, you don't want to go there. But like he's yeah. not. He's by himself, and, he, and in all the shops he goes to, he's he's he has fun when he like buys a tux for himself and for Ozzy Davis. He's like, I'll buy you one too. Who cares? <laughs> like. 
this isn't my money. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think I think that's I think you're right. I think that's the way to how we're meant to interpret that. Yeah, and you could also interpret a, a part of why there's three Meg Ryan's. Another interpretation of that, um, and then of course he goes to L.A. and L.A. really opens up and is depicted as you know beautiful city, which you know debatable. But uh, <laughs> uh, again, you need money. Cities like that's the thing. Cities open up when you have money, and they yes. kind of point that out. Yeah. Uh, it, um, what I was going to say is the three Meg Ryans, you could also think of it as like a commentary on like chaos of the world and that there isn't fate in the sense that it's played by the same woman every time. Every time he, he meets this woman, they have some sort of connection, some of them not as good as others. Mm -hmm. Um, but like that initial date when he's still broke, when he has no, no Lloyd Bridges, uh, is still a very nice time they have. Uh, and the thing that doesn't work out is that that version of Meg Ryan can't handle that he's going to die, whereas yes. the other one can. But I, I guess what I'm getting at is, are they pointing out that no matter what choices we make, there's no right one? Whereas like he could have settled down with that Meg Ryan and lived a perfectly happy life as well uh, in poverty getting a whatever job it, it money doesn't matter it's just there's these avenues these choices and like the idea that we're meant for one specific person or one specific life uh is is nonsense i think and so that, i think that's a yeah that's definitely an aspect of it i think so because again it's these missed opportunities mm -hmm. like you said yeah and that implies that those opportunities would have yielded a much different life with just as much happiness um possibly you know there's no way of knowing which is also the point mm -hmm. but i think ultimately that's the idea is like there's really no telling where life is going to take us that's why this movie is so chaotic in what happens yeah uh and again i think that's it's very similar to everything everywhere where it's like there's this silliness to the universe uh that that they're pointing out mm -hmm. in the events of this movie there's just this weird i think what this movie is missing that I obviously doesn't need to be compared to any movie, but like that, say a movie like everything everywhere kind of added is I feel like there's a little lack of empathy because it's, it's so framed on him and he has all this money. And at the end, the tribe dies mm -hmm. and uh, his coworkers are still miserable living at, you know what I mean? Where it's like the, the movie isn't very empathetic to everybody. Um, no, it's very hyper focused on him. No, but I don't think and that's it, a shortcoming. I don't no, I don't think it's a shortcoming either. It's just it's something I noticed that's, um, you know, you can't expect it to be everything. Yeah. And I think that's just the, the nature of what it's trying to say is it's 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 doing it in the simplest and most efficient way possible by focusing on a single person, because that's also the idea is like f the, the kinds the kinds of choices and that you're faced with as an individual person right so right yeah it, it doesn't it's he can't he can't help everybody nor can the film help everybody no it's following one person yeah and it's also you know it's fairy tale logic which uh, largely because those stories were had a similar goal where they're trying to communicate a specific idea in the simplest and most efficient way possible so it's like well yeah. just folk you know focus it on a single person again that's ultimately what this is about anyway is is you know realizing how big a single person's life can be yes uh 
And don't trust Robert Stack. Never trust Robert Stack. Never trust Robert Stack or Lloyd Bridges, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, if you trust Lloyd Bridges, that's on you. Yeah. Like, Robert Stack, uh, he's he's sneaky. That's true, you yeah. know? He starts talking, and you're like, oh, he knows it. I'm sorry to tell you, you've got brain fog. Yeah, I believe I'm going to believe him. I believe him, yeah. yeah. But when Lloyd Bridges shows up with a duck cane, I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get out of my house, yeah. Lloyd Bridges. If I buy whatever this song and dance man is selling. <laughs> right, especially since he's dead, it. right? He's since passed. Lloyd Bridges? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so re- if Lloyd Bridges shows up at your house, don't let him in. That, that I don't think that's Lloyd Bridges for starters. No, definitely not. That's some sort yeah. of shambling shapeshifter. Yeah, that's an entity. Yeah. You have an entity on your hands. Yeah, that's an it. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. It's the movie Men. It's just like yeah, don't stay away from that. Whatever that is, don't don't let it inside. <laughs> don't let him inside. I have nothing else to say about this movie, Tom. Do you? No, I was uh, I uh, pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed this. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I would say I'm not surprised, only because I, I sat down and I was like, I bet this is a good movie. And then I watched the movie and I was like, I, yep, it's just, I was correct. It's just one of those movies that, you know, I saw it 32 years ago uh, yeah. <laughs> as a very young kid and, uh, you know, had a, had a fine time at the movies with my dad, but I didn't have too many memories about it. And it's of not, course. it's not a, even though it's got Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in it, who were two of the biggest stars uh, of this period of, of, of movies in Hollywood, um, it's not a movie that you hear about a lot. It doesn't get brought not up. Really, it's no. not like it's not celebrated like the other movies they did together, like Sleepless in Seattle or You've Got Mail. Um, right. And even That's among their like individual movies like just as a tom hanks movie or just as a meg ryan movie this movie does not get brought up right that's why i wonder if it wasn't successful it may not have been i don't know i don't know why this director didn't do anything else maybe he was just like i have two two stories i want to tell one is about nuns and the other is this and that's that Uh, also i'll adapt congo Congo. yeah i will write you one congo what a nightmare career. I mean, I would do anything for a his nightmare career. nightmare career? That's an amazing career. It's amazing. It's just like so all over the place. Uh, if my three credits were Joe versus a volcano, <laughs> Congo, and Doubt, I would be fine. That, oh, I'd yeah. be Tom oh, yeah, Hanks no. at the end of this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 That's mm, good film. I'd put that shit on my tombstone. <laughs> i wrote you, you know you congo can, you can still do that that's put true that i on can your do tombstone. that i can just do it they don't it turns yeah. out there's no law you can put whatever you want on your tombstone exactly i could uh, say i created the flintstones yeah you should you should you should get a plot next to this guy mm-hmm. and uh and it's like dueling graves yeah where it's like no i wrote yeah it's like, it's like here lies like john patrick shanley writer of doubt and then my tombstone next to him no you fucking didn't Yep, I wrote, doubt. I wrote doubt and Congo, uh, mostly Congo. <laughs> we should definitely have more competing gravestones we like should, that. Yeah, we should have people carry their beef into the afterlife. Absolutely, mm-hmm. like uh, like four steamer trunks of luggage. Yes, exactly. Uh, so I don't know. Thanks, Vincent. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, you know, always a pleasure. Mm. I really enjoyed your not Crimson Tide as well yeah uh and so this was through our patreon and if people are interested they can go to patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed 
If you go on there, there's a bunch of exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman. Fox Mulder is a maniac. We do stuff with the Small Beans, uh, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and Spiel Boys. Mm. We watch movies with our patrons every Friday night, and we have a tier where you can do your own custom we just watched. So there's a lot of options on there, so yeah. check it out. If you'd like to hear Dave and I jack jaw about your favorite movie, you can you can do that. That's a thing you can, you can. do. Um, we also have a store uh, head over to gamefullyunemployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store that has all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts stickers mugs posters all sorts of things uh, so check that out check that out baby mm. baby <laughs> Nathan, you know Lane. Nathan Lane uh, it's, it's Nathan Lane <laughs> it's Nathan there's Lane no, there's no getting around that like it's just imagine Nathan Lane you can't you Nathan Lane like you can dress him up in lots of makeup uh yeah. and, and not recognize him but as soon as he opens his mouth everyone is like that's fucking Nathan Lane. Yeah. Like you cannot you disguise can. Nathan Lane's voice. He should do a prank show where yeah. every prank ends with someone going, "Are you Nathan Lane?" and him having to just book it. <laughs> There's a yes. comedian that does a similar job. I can't remember his name. Uh, I saw it on a Comedy Central special 100 years ago. Uh, does a gag about how Don Knotts could never prank call somebody because that would be <laughs> that's the joke. They would just instantly yeah. recognize Don Knotts' voice. Just Don Knotts. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> imagine. Much like imagine Lloyd Bridges, imagine Don Knotts calling you. Again, he's since passed, so that would be really upsetting. Even more terrifying, yeah. Zombie Don Knotts. Yep. Ooh, I like that. Gone, gone, knots. Gone, knots. There it is. There it is. Oh, fuck. Don rots. <laughs> <laughs>